Miss Bixby. I, I hope you find your hairbrush, but if you'll excuse me, I have to kill myself. Have a nice day. Oh, you too. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. Hey guys, it's Terry here. And uh, yeah, welcome to the show in which uh, we uh, talk about Twilight Zone and other anthology shows. Um, and uh, so I hope you enjoyed our conversation about to see the Invisible Man because we certainly did see him. Um, I hope you enjoyed your ham and bean soup. That still sounds disgusting. But before we get into everything... Uh, I well, I gotta say what the show is. We we have watched the Twilight Zone. We watched the original series episode, episode by episode. We're now currently in the '80s series, watching it um, episode by episode, but segment by segment because these are hour long episodes, and normally they have three stories in an hour. So we're doing them segment by segment. I have mentioned in the past that we've covered the Jordan Peele produced Twilight Zone, which up until recently was on Paramount Plus. But because we live in 2023 and streaming services are like, hey, you know what? We want you to spend more money. We're going to take shit off of our services willy-nilly. Um, that's no longer on Paramount Plus, and it confuses me. It's a very frustrating situation. It was. And then I, when I saw that in my news feed, uh, I was like, but wait a minute. They produce it. And like This is a very similar thing that uh, other streaming services are doing as well. Like. HBO got yeah. rid of uh, a ton Westworld. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's your product. I don't, what, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Maybe I'm just color me confused. I don't know. I, but you know, I don't make the big bucks. <laughs> Maybe there's a window to do a tax write off. I know that recently in terms of like the HBO shows, um, Tubi came in and made a big deal to get them. So for whatever reason, like you could watch Westworld on Tubi. Great. I just, you know, Tubi, that destination for prestige television, which I'm not, yeah. you know, it, like I've, I've used to be for things. It's amazing how much stuff they got. So I'm sure they got like, you know, they, you know, HBO is like, sure, just pay us whatever. It's fine. And maybe this will show up on there too. I was looking around though. Uh, if people still are interested in checking out the, the, the first two seasons, well, the only two seasons uh, of the Jordan Peele produced Twilight Zone, they are available for rent digitally still for like three bucks an episode, or you can buy it like digitally for twenty something for the season. Um, I I think I'm going to end up physically buying the Blu-rays sooner than later before like people gouge these, you know, because I have a feeling there's going to be like a like I'm not going to say there's not going to be like people hoarding their Twilight Zone Blu-rays, but you know there's going to be some um, opportunistic selling that's going to try to gouge people. I think I'm going to pick up these physically because I want them. Not that, not that the series has been like, it was, it was wobbly, but, um, and we're going to talk about tonight. This like, you know, the eighties twilight zone has been uh, very wobbly and even the original series, but there are some, there are some highs to, um, this newer iteration of the twilight zone that I'd rather physically have, because like, as you and I talked tonight, um, Though a lot of this 80s Twilight Zone stuff's able to, you're able to find it on YouTube and other things because nobody seems to care about it. There's never been a Blu-ray release. You and I both have a DVD release of the set. It's a hard thing to come by physically. So I'd rather, you know, I think sooner than later, I'm going to pick up this other iteration too, because, you know, there's no guarantee it's going to stay in print either. And yeah, it's fair. And uh, I think that, owning a physical copy of it only probably entices whoever the powers that may be to maybe nudge, nudge, like make another season. Because I mean, if they exist out there, they were hoping somebody was going to buy them. That This is not somebody bootlegging them. So, yeah. I mean, but even then it's like, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what kind of features might be on those or if there is any at all. Yeah. Well, cause I know that once they released, 
um, those seasons, once they got through the run, like they, they released the black and white versions as well, which was cool. Um, but also like to speak to like, there was the CW or whatever it was that uh, UPN, I don't know. Um, uh, one season, right. Um, with, uh, Forrest Whitaker that like, I feel like the end of the, like, I feel like the end of our journey, Terry is going to be, we're going to figure out how to find that season, but to buy it, like to find copies of it right now is very expensive for a show that I don't think was quite that good, but you know, that's, that's another iteration out there. And clearly it didn't last long and clearly the physical media, they didn't make a lot of it. Right. So I'm hoping that in this instance, like I, like I, I'm, I'm a bad collector of physical, well, I do collect physical media. I know you do more so than myself. And there's people that we know that do it, um, a lot more than I do. Right. But yeah, yeah. yeah we are like, uh, if this was like a, a karate class, we are still in the white belt. Yeah. Stages. I mean, we like, like we keep testing up to yellow belt and then our, our, uh, what was it? Uh, was it ninth Don black belt, uh, uh, physical media collectors come over and just, just crack us in the head and set us down. You're like, Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, so, um, I do need to, to actually, um, just pull the trigger and buy the Blu-ray release of the original series. Um, I don't have that. Cause it's one that's still available. Like I, I, I checked on Paramount plus they have all five seasons, which I want to be like, if you're going to take a season of TV away, I understand that a lot of services don't have season four, you know, maybe if, if the trade-off was season four versus the short deals, I'm like, I could, I could say goodbye to season four of the twilight zone. Like you're going to give me a Thanos snap situation, you know, like he'd be like, was it worth it? Yes. You know, <laughs> like, what did you give up? <laughs> everything well i mean season i gave up the bard i gave up the bard (laughs) (laughs) yeah right i gave up mute um so um (laughs) i mean so yeah i just wanted to mention that to people like it's still available to watch um you're gonna pay pay a little bit of money for it but i mean three bucks an episode really isn't that bad like in terms of like like renting stuff right like it's i know it's death by a million cuts but if you have any interest in that series those two seasons i'd say watch it and we've talked about them uh, but yeah, like it's, it's just, but it's one more barrier for entry. Right. So, um, but I think that's kind of an interesting parallel because we're talking about the 80 series now, how like that also has kind of had like, you, you have to go looking for it. It isn't like something that's, yeah, you could, like I said, you could find on YouTube, but if you're not thinking about like just finding somebody randomly uploading the segment, it's nowhere streaming, you know? So, you know, I guess, I guess this, this should have been the foreshadowing of what could happen. Yeah, apparently so. Because I mean, you know, we we thought we were safe in our homes, but the, they're coming yeah. there taking our twilight zone. Yeah, it's like we look outside, and like, why is that guy well dressed, smoking a cigarette, and talking in the distance? Oh no! <laughs> like, you know, like, oh no, we're in it, we're in it now. You know, so um, yeah, so yeah, that that's a little bit of news, which we don't really ever have twilight zone news because yeah, it's a twilight zone. But I thought it was worthy of mentioning just because it's, it's what's been happening now. So, all right. So that like, uh, to get into it, we are now officially into season one, episode 16, segment C of the 80 series, uh, is called uh, tooth and consequences. And if you guys think, Hey, is this a comedy segment? I mean, I, I'm going to put heavy air quotes around comedy. I'd be like, you might be right. And it, you know, and it might also be like, why did I bring up season four of, uh, of the twilight zone? Well, I don't know. Sometimes comedy doesn't work so well, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a, when you put your quotes around it, I do, I do uh, imagine that some people would be like, your definition of comedy might be vastly different from what they thought they were going to be. Ooh, Jesus Christ. You. Yeah. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to find some connections here where like, you know, like you hear about like, uh, you know, red flags, this isn't just a red flag. It's like, uh, I don't know, like, um, you know, whenever like they start off a football game and everybody runs the, like the, the, the flag across the field and there's like 80 people carrying the flag and they run it down the field. That's how big this red flag is for some of the stuff in this episode. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, let's get into who did what here, uh, Terry. Okay, so uh, our director on this one is a returning uh, director. Uh, we got Mr. Robert Downey Sr. Um, this is the last of the three segments that he had done. He also did uh, Children's Zoo, which we've talked about, and then Teacher's Aid, which are uh, uh, both quite different from this uh, from this segment. I will say so. of, of the three, Teacher's Aid was the best of the three, but that doesn't necessarily mean much. You know, Teacher's right. Aid was okay, right? Um, and Children's Zoo was kind of... 
It was what it is. What it is. Other than you had um, a very um, <laughs> a dickish Wes Craven in it, like which you know that's worth the price of admission. Yeah, right. So I'm um, not sure if there's much more we want to say, but yeah, that's this is his uh, his final segment. So next we'll talk about our writer here. Uh, this is other returning, uh, uh, you know, to the to the to the pen to the paper, I guess. Uh, he is Has- Haskell Bark. Barkin? Haskell Barkin. Yeah. I, I, which I don't think so, is a real name. I think that's a fake name. And I don't like, you know, Haskell Barkin sounds like a name of a character that's in this story. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he did uh, Act Break. There's your red and- flag right there. That's your super large, humongous, <laughs> humongous red flag. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is, this is the second of four segments. So yes. do you, do, I like to think that like uh, Phil DeGear and company were like, you know what? We like a cut of your jib. What if you just write comedy episodes? He's like, you got it, sir. And he just goes in, he goes into his room full of like rubber chickens and mallets and like, you know, <laughs> like, um, just, you know, I don't know, like just the daisies that uh, shoot water, water, you know, like- and then, and then he's like, it's just, you know, it's him and, uh, Carl Spencer of Spencer's gifts. <laughs> like they're together in the writing room together. I'm kidding. I don't know. Um, he's got his own like, uh, writers, uh, uh, routines where instead of like has one cigarette like in a uh, misery he puts on a clown nose <laughs> and he just like <laughs> goes starts typing. he's like i have to find the funny i ha-. like clown wouldn't it be great shoes, if we found shoes, out that haskell barkin like, barkin was like this guy that was like the super serious like you know during his day job like just you know everyone's like do not mess with haskell barkin like he's like you know and this is like he get he has to do like the thing where he gets in the room and has to find himself and put away mm-hmm. the world. And this is his only like escape. <laughs> like I would love it to find out. It's like, Oh, Haskell bargain. Yeah. I saw him just like, I beat up three guys in the bar once. Cause they looked at him sideways, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> they told him that he couldn't write for shit. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> like I seen your episodes, bro. Yeah, he's like, you know, what's funny. I'm walking out of here alive. And he's like, this breaks me. <laughs> I don't know. Honk, honk, MF or whatever. I don't know. So, um, so yeah, act break. I wrote that all in caps. That's my red, my red flag. Like, oh dear Lord. Um, this is not as bad as, um, oh, uh, who's the guy? Um, um, oh, I, yeah, it's failing me now from, um, the original series. Um, I know, I know people, Hamner, Hamner, right? This is not, I, you know what? Hamner could at least write a script as much. Like that's my, that's my, um, you know, he at least brought us, uh, Oh, um, oh, what was the one from season four? See, there we go. Season four, the original series, the one, um, um, oh, uh, Jezbel. At least we got that one, right? At least we got, at least we got, um, you know, that gem from him. I'm glad that you, you know, I, I don't know if it's, you've gone to a meeting or two, but I'm glad that you finally are turning around your, uh, your feelings for, uh, Mr. No, no bullshit. No, no. <laughs> No. Uh, so anyway, uh, so yeah, Haskell Barkin. So I should be like Haskell Hamner. <laughs> like there should be a couple that I did a shout at the heavens. Right. So yeah. Anyway, that's the big red, that's the big red flag. That's the, the, the Clifford big red dog, um, big red flag size that told me I'm like, Oh, we're in for something here. So yeah, let's get into who did what like right, in terms so of I'm, cast. Yeah. Right. So our cast was uh, led off here by David Bernie, or I think that's probably how it's pronounced. Bernie. Yeah. I, I just want to bring up this dude's picture on uh, uh, freaking IMDb. This dude, you got to see that picture, man. Like, this guy looks like the flyest mofo. Oh, yeah. He looks like he's just getting out of Club 54. He's got like the taco <laughs> meat going on and everything. I'm like, fly dude. <laughs> yeah, no, good looking picture. dude for sure, right? Yeah. Like um but uh, yeah, yeah. he uh, he plays our uh, our dentist, uh, Dr. My- Myron, Myron Mandel. Uh, and if you Mandel. had told me I had been like, "Hey Terry, who do you think wrote this uh this uh, episode, Haskell Barkin or Myron Mandel?" You'd be confused, right? You would not know who wrote it. You'd be like, "Yeah, Whoa. those are both uh very unique names." <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he plays our dentist, our lead character in this. Um he was in episodes of uh Saint Elsewhere, which is another doctor's program, so interesting little tie in there. 
and in episodes of murder she wrote so here's what i have here like he actually attended some schools in brooklyn ohio which is um like three feet away from where i live so there we go uh graduated from west high school in cleveland so cleveland's own uh david bernie um in in this segment so look look at you cleveland cleveland proud right um and then uh, he would go on to record a number of audiobooks um for dean Kuntz, uh paul thoreau oh, cool. uh ann dillard and orson scott card so that's that's pretty cool was highly involved with theater for most of his life and then he was actually in um carpenter's uh made for tv film somebody's watching me sorry someone's watching me which i still have not seen but i need to get to yeah, yeah very very cool and then uh, next year, because we do have quite a bit of people, so we're going to try to fly through this as e- as quickly as possible. But uh, yeah, so next year is uh, Kevin Mar or Kenneth Mars. He plays the Tooth Fairy. We'll get into that. But he was in Young Frankenstein and that piece of garbage, Full Moon High. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the second time that we've been able to talk about this film and me just giving my animosity to how bad this film is. It's garbage. Um, but yeah, but he, otherwise, a uh, lot of voice work, uh, like he did uh, episodes of Darkwing Duck, The Land Before Time was really, really big for him. And uh, he, here's a fun one. He was uh, King Trident in The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And like what I recognized him from was, uh, I don't, did, did you ever watch any Malcolm in the Middle when you were growing up? No, it wasn't for me. Okay. Um, there was a couple, like, like the older brother, um, he was kind of like, he was a military brat, but the, because he was sent to like military school and then he kept like kind of going to, like one of the subplots was always, he was kind of away from the family. So he'd always kind of have like these different seasons where he'd be different places doing things. And there was two seasons where he was on a dude ranch and this, this actor Kenneth Mars was playing like this German owner of this dude ranch. So he was all dressed up like, you know, basically, you know how like Marty McFly looks like in back to the future three before he goes back in time where he's wearing like, you know, the salmon shirt with the tassels or whatever. Like that's yeah. how like, so he and his wife were like these German, like they, they just wanted to own this dude ranch like out West and make like this tourist attraction. And they were really, really funny. So like when I saw him, like, yeah, hey, I know that guy. So that's, that's pretty great. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so, uh, we, got. Uh, Next year, we have Oliver Clark mm-hmm. plays uh, Dr. Walter Pinkham. Pink meat? Uh, pink, p- pink ham, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Pink meat. I almost wrote pink meat, too. I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> Look at that. We, uh, we, start, we start this episode, episode 16, with some pink meat, and we end it with some pink ham. Right, and we, in the middle segment, has ham and bean soup. So there you go. There's the bridge. They're, the connecting the connecting pink tissue. I know I continue, please. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he plays uh, Myron's uh, psychiatrist. So, um, but yeah, he was in uh, Hercules in New York. Uh, you know, uh, I think that was actually Arnold's first film. Yes. So that's a fun one to watch. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but I have a Hercules yeah. New York story, but yeah, let's get like, do you have anything yeah. else from Oliver Clark? Uh, Ernest saves Christmas as well. Yeah. He was Santa in that. And then also he played the original Mr. Belding and the pilot for good morning, Miss bliss, which was a series that ran for like a, a couple seasons. But then eventually when they did say by the bell where the kids got a little older, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, he was originally Mr. Belding in the pilot. No kidding. Yeah. Oh. So then I want to mention here, Hercules in New York, which is, was Schwarzenegger's first acting, I think on screen acting, uh, performance. He was list, he listed as Arnold strong. Um, cause people like, they didn't think they could say the name Schwarzenegger. Like, like that's a weird name to say. And then his entire, like his, his voice is dubbed the entire time. Cause I mean, we understand that like he, at first he wasn't always best with the English language. He's gotten significantly better. Right. But <laughs> it was bad at that time. Um, so, um, years and years and years ago when I was working at a company called, uh, GameStop, you guys might be familiar with it. Uh, one of the locations I was working at, um, they kind of pulled the rug out from under us and, and like told us we were closing, like with like this very shitty move the way they did it. But so we decided as some of our store transfers that I, I, me and another coworker, we, we printed out like 30, 40, 50, um, barcodes for Hercules in New York. 
and started tagging all these items in the store with that. So when we did our store transfer, it looked like we were just shipping like, like 50 copies of Hercules, New York, Hercules, uh, you know, <laughs> in New York to these other stores. And it would completely jack up all the other inventories because they'd be like, they'd be like scanning everything in and be like, what is up with this Hercules in New York? Because there was a time you could trade in movies at GameStop, but yeah, we, um, we print, we, we labeled so many things as Hercules in New York. I thought it was funny then. I still think it's funny now. <laughs> it is funny, but yeah, it's a real, it's a real treat to watch that movie. I haven't seen it in years, but good Lord. <laughs> he fights a bear in that. If I remember right, a bear in central park. And it's just a guy in a bear suit. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's so good as in it is one of the worst things you'll ever see, but it's amazing. Yeah. But, you're like, you're like uh, yeah, that guy's going to be governor of New York one day. <laughs> Not New York, governor of California one day. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So uh, next is, uh, Teresa Genz- Genzel. Uh, she plays uh, Lydia Bixby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people will probably recognize her from uh, the Richard Pryor film, The Toy. Um, and she was also in Transylvania 6 by 1000, which is, I've recently discovered this film, and I think it's a lot of fun. And then an episode of Monsters. Yeah, so uh, from Toledo, so another Ohio connection there. Um, and like what you're saying is right about like her, her roles. Uh, a lot of voice work, because she has a very distinctive voice, right? You heard her at the beginning of the episode. Uh, she was often... Uh, was played the stereotypical ditzy blonde bimbo. That's, that's what was written in the description, not my words. And like, but you, yeah, it's like, she has that like uh, HBO, like, um, like eighties after dark, like, you know, Oh, you know, that kind of, that, that kind of vibe. And she played this so many times and very recognizable. Well, it paid the bills. So I guess it, it did work for her, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, next here's a Peggy Pope. Uh, she plays Mrs. Shulman. She was in nine to five. Uh, and she was also in the last Starfighter. Yes. And then, uh, yes. Um, I just want to mention here in my notes. I, my, I mistyped and I wrote Peppy Pope. I'm like, well, I don't know who that is, but I, I would let them to leave my church, the Peppy Pope. Um, <laughs> but she is likely best remembered, if not by name as the office lush, uh, and later recovering alcoholic Margaret Foster and the movie nine to five. And then you mentioned she had a small role as Elvira and uh, the last Starfighter, which I love that movie. But yeah. Yeah. And then uh, next year we have M- Mina Cole. Yeah. Uh, Cole. Yeah. And uh, she plays Mrs. Taylor. Uh, she was in Hollywood Nights and A Mighty Wind. Mm-hmm. And next is Jane uh, Ra- Rast- Ralston. Ralston. Yeah. Ralston. Uh, she's a receptionist. Um, I, one of the credits I brought uh, wanted to bring up because I wasn't really familiar with anything, but like one of her first acting uh, jobs was the first nudie musical. So, whatever that is, it sounds interesting. <laughs> but, like uh, it's, it's so weird that like I never heard of the second one. You know, like just you know, <laughs> right. you're gonna call yeah, your shot. You think that's gonna be a series? You know, right? Like yeah. Like I mean, but, uh, I mean, credit to like Final Fantasy. Like they thought, like the creators of that game were like, "Well, we only get a chance to make one game because everything's closing," and then you see how that turned out. Like that that naming convention has failed multiple times, but you know they at least they, they at least said, "Well, this is the last fantasy game we're making." Is it? You know, so yeah. But uh, yeah, next here is a uh, Ermal. Like Ermal, yeah. Ermal, yeah. Uh, Williamson. So Mr. Frankie plays, and he was uh, in the Patty Hearst film, uh, which I wasn't familiar with anything else, but yeah, okay. never seen it, unfortunately. But next is Martin Az, Azarill. Yeah, Azarill. I can read. Uh, and he well, plays, no, his he last plays. name is A-Z-A-R, uh, uh, Azaro. Like, that's, that's, you know, that's as um, American as apple pie. Like, that's not a common name, Terry, so give no. yourself some credit, you know, like. You well, know. Thank you, Paul. I, I do try my ass off here. Uh, <laughs> I am not a wordsmith, but, uh, yeah, so he plays man. He shows up, uh, in like shows like, uh, the A team and Pee Wee's, uh, playhouse. Uh, and then next we have Mitzi, Mitzi. Yeah. M- Mitzi McCall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, middle-aged woman she plays. Okay. But, and, so uh, I, I have a couple things for her. Like if you can indulge me for a second, this, this is crazy. So first, uh, so um, she was in the original series, The Hitchhiker, uncredited, uh, season one, episode 16 of the original series. Uh, McCall had um, the Kitty Castle program on KDK TV in Pittsburgh, uh, which was also where I think, um, well, I mean, that area of Pittsburgh, like for children's programming, like Mr. Rogers, 
was like coming up around that time too, right? Uh, she right. received national attention in 52 via the uh, Associated Press about a story of a five-year-old girl with a cleft palate who spoke her first words while watching the actress in a pantomime on television. Afterwards, doctors didn't know what to say. They had a special meeting, examined Claire, and told the happy parents that she was cured. So like this girl reacted to the TV show and they're like, great, she's talking now. And they're like, we don't know why but hooray, (laughs) okay, cool. Right. So then, um, I like that. Like, they're just like, I guess it was the show. And then think about like how Mitzi would have a big head from then on. It's like, I've cured kids anyway. Like, um, yeah, (laughs) she just needs to start one of her super churches and then, you know, so the other thing about her is that, uh, McCall and, uh, Charlie Brill, who I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's one of her, like her partners and, and, you know, doing showbiz, um, appeared on the Ed Sullivan show on February 9th, 1964, the episode that featured the U S television debut of the Beatles. And as we all know, we remember that night of Mitzi McCall and Charlie Brill. <laughs> yeah. Obviously why everybody tuned in. And then and some of them was like, she, she cured kids with like on TV and everyone's like, yeah, the Beatles, <laughs> like, you know, so, um, but like, how would you feel like to be like the, the person that was like, you know, was brought up like to never be remembered. Like, like, Oh, you were on the show with the Beatles. Yeah. We came out first and everyone was happy. And then no one remembers us. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was interesting aside. She uh, evidently cured a kid and then, um, ended up on, um, I'm sure it was just being part of that whole experience is probably crazy, but you know, like maybe you, you probably have been like, could we have been booked the day before, you know, like, cause how do you, like, how do you, um, match that? No, that's a, that's an interesting one. And yeah. honestly, I've never even like analyzed that, that, cause I mean, like we watch, you know, David Letterman and all that stuff, like, you know, in our age, uh, that was, that was our shows, you know, Jay Leno and all that. Uh, so like having a musical guest seems to be kind of the thing, you know, and there's plenty of times where people are like, I don't remember any of the guests. All I remember is like, you know, somebody playing nude on stage. Like there was, well, I watch, yeah. I forget which, <laughs> I forget which program it was. Oh, it was SNL, SNL. And there was some chick that was playing nude on there. That's all I remember about that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Like the like, Saturday Night Live is probably, I think the last that we, I mean, I mean, you still got late night television, right? And you got people performing, but like there, that's the one where like they, they always aim to try to like go differently. Like, um, like what was it recently? Sam Smith was on the show. Like, was it two weeks ago where mm. he did, um, like, and he just was part of the Grammys and, and the world, like, sorry, per, certain parts of the country are upset that he's dressed as the devil. I'm like, great. Have you seen kiss anyway? Um, but uh, as he was like in this big dress, so when he's dressed, opened up, uh, Kim Petras came out and it was like, and it was like this thing of like, she was hiding under that dress for like four minutes. At least that we know. I was like, is she okay? You know, anyway, but like <laughs> it was a very uh, evocative like sequence, right? And it's like, and that's memorable because at SNL at least get the chance, like, like before, um, you know, before Kanye let everybody, let the world know repeatedly over and over again, the kind of person he is, had some really um, polarizing um, like performances on SNL, but people talk about that. I don't think like the Beatles on, on Sullivan, I don't think will ever be beat in terms of like that kind of like, that was a... <laughs> You know, nobody had ever experienced anything like that, right? But, but I think SNL is probably the closest thing we're going to get now to like a focused musical performance that people will talk about and then forget about the rest of the show, right? But uh, yeah, so the next uh, uh, cast member here, because uh, we've got a few more, mm-hmm. is uh, uh, William Yatal. I think that's how I think it's Ute. Maybe I did, did I write it right. Was it was it Utay or is it? I don't know. I can't type right. Clearly, yeah. I wrote uh, Peggy. Uh, was it uh, Peppy Pope? So I don't know. Maybe it's a Utai. I, yeah. I I'm not sure how you would pronounce that, but but I like his title. Well, what, what's his character uh, name? Eating hobo. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's that. Yep. Yep. There so, we go. Yeah, he's that's one it. of like five hobos on the train car. <laughs> so we'll get to that. And I yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like he, he was in a bunch of episodes, of night court, tons of episodes of days of our lives. Uh, and then next is Nat Berm, Bermstein. Mm-hmm. Bermstein. And so he plays hobo number one. 
and he he was in shows like uh, Golden Girls and Wonder Years. He seems to be I mean, more of a producer and writer now, which good on him, mm-hmm. right? Like he, yeah, you know, that, you know, like, like, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that we don't ever give credit to. So yeah, it seems like he's found his, uh, his, you know, his bread and butter being behind the scenes. So credit to him. Yeah. So, and then next is, uh, Jack, uh, Lindine. Uh, he, he was hobo number two. Uh, he was in, <laughs> he was in Thelma and Louise and, uh, the, the cinematic classic, Jack Frost, not the one with uh, Michael Keaton either. It's a, oh, it's the, the other one. Film one. <laughs> <laughs> I've not uh, seen that, but I, I know the cover art. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, and then the last one I was going to bring up here is uh, Ron Ross. He was hobo number three, and he was also in uh, Night Court. And episodes of Hill Street Blues. There you go. So, all right, that's that's our uh, who who did what for Tooth and Consequences. And um, I'm just gonna here we go. Here's one of these right here, right right off the bat. Idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck. And then one of these just for good measure. <laughs> so, all right. Um, <laughs> Uh, which, by the way, we, we that, like that. that. My, we, I think that was my reaction when I yeah. finally watched the the episode. Ah! We kind of like that episode where the scream happens. I forget the name of it right now, but I just <laughs> I, we did kind of like that one. But that was the best intro to that, that show ever. Um, it's funny because um, uh, I had watched this like was it like a couple weeks before you get into it because I mentioned during the elevator I was like we're gonna I was like I'm gonna give you the devil's bargain. Do we pull the ripcord on this one or the tooth and consequences? And you. You chose wisely. You you chose the cup of the carpenter, um, you know. Uh, uh, so so, um, and then you just texted me out of the blue, and you're like, "This is trash. It's pure trash." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to catch you off guard, like just with no context. I, I was like, I was just like one of those things. I'm like, did I did I say something on social media and upset him? Like, did I? I don't know. I was just like, like I don't want my Terry upset. I don't. I was really confused by it. Like so. Yeah, I knew, I knew it's almost like it, it was almost cruel of me to know how, like, it's almost like a jackass style prank. Like I knew what was coming and I was not going to, um, deter you from walking into this. Right. Cause I mean, again, we're going to watch like good, bad. Otherwise we're going to watch all of these. Right. But I, I didn't want to say anything else other than letting you know that I knew that you weren't going to like it, which I think is, uh, still underselling it by a fair amount. Um, yeah, we're going to pull the rip curl on this pretty hard because, um, and, and also for all you people out there that completion this, yeah, just watch it. Like, you know, we, we've, we have had tough sledding at times with all manners of the twilight zone. Fair enough. And just to be a completionist, watch this. I've had to watch it twice, which I think is one and a half times more than I should have been able to have to watch it. Um, yeah, it's a dentist that hates being a dentist because he doesn't feel like he gets the respect that he is deserved. He also is paranoid. I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's so stupid. And then, um, as he doesn't want to be a dentist anymore because nobody respects him. Um, he's visited by the tooth fairy who the, the only thing about this episode that's entertaining to me is that the tooth fairy looks like a mafia heavy. I like that. He's just like, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> type of thing, you know? And Myron's like, I want people to like and respect me. I want Ms. Bixby to go on a date with me and I want to be like, be successful. And he's like, all right, here you go. And then he gets what he wants. And then even Myron, who is this unsufferable son of a bitch, can't handle success, can't handle being liked, can't handle being wanted, runs away. It's up in a box car full of hobos that they've all had their lives ruined by the tooth fairy, which feels counterintuitive because you would think that the tooth, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess if there's no dentist, then he gets to visit all the kids and take their teeth. Right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wouldn't it have been more productive if they, they were like, in a, like some kind of AA meeting type situation. Like there's five guys on this uh, train car and they all were dentists at one point. These guys go to uh, like expos and stuff like that. Why, why don't there be like one guy who shows up and he's incognito somehow. He's like, don't do it. Don't go back. You know, watch out for, uh, you know, grandpa, uh, uh, grandpa Bigfoot. Like this dude, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's a big, watch out for, um, like if there was like a, a red haired version of like Kenny Rogers from the gambler showing (laughs) up, right? Like Like, grizzly Adams is going to visit you and, uh, (laughs) keep the care. Yeah. <laughs> watch out for just, watch out for bicuspid Jones. He's coming for you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> right. yeah. But I just I I'm I have to ask, 
wouldn't somebody in wardrobe be like, I don't, I think we need to dress this dude up just a tad, just a little bit. Because, yes, it's supposed to be off-putting that he's there and he's just the dude. And, you know, it, but it's like at the same point, I don't need him to dress up in like a pink uh, tutu or anything. Oh, no, like I don't that. need that. But wouldn't it, I, I still think it would have been like him showing up like he is. Like he's like a, it's like if you've been cheating at cards at the casino, he's going to come over and break your fingers. I'm okay with that. I think it would have been funny if he would have like maybe like a tiny TR on and you never acknowledge it. Like, I think that had been amazing. You know, like, who is like, I'm the tooth fairy. It's like, oh, okay. You know, well, it's, like, like our, it's like our one episode with the 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 devil. And, the, you know, he's got the little horns, you know. And then, like, when he takes off his glasses, that's when you see, like, uh-oh, like, this dude is, like, for real. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. I think also when you, you tripped upon it, like where you said, I think this would have been a better segment if it had been like, a, like a, um, like a survivor's meeting where people are sitting around like a water cooler, like meeting in a church basement, talking about how their lives have been wrecked. And you start to slowly figure out that they're all dentists and they've had run-ins with the same guy. I think that'd be a way better, a way funnier story. Yeah. Right? Like, I, and um, and, and yeah. even in the, in the same hand, if he's supposed to have this an- anonymity now where he's like, he's leaving the old life behind. He's telling these five strangers within 10 seconds of being on the train car. Yeah, I'm a de- I was a dentist. Yeah. Like oh. also, I, you know, I thought the darker ending would have been after he has been like, cause you got like crowds of people want him to work on their teeth. Right. And he's like, he has the, the tools and the skills and whatever. Right. Wouldn't the darker ending, which I think I'm going to say this to you and you're going to make, this would have been amazing. He gets on the train car. Right. And he's like, all right, I just need to get out of town. There's five guys. And then like, they start looking at him and it's like, Hey, wait a second. Aren't you, aren't you Myron? Like, no, no, no. It's like, you know, like you are, we've heard it. You're a great dentist. Can you help me out now? And you just got a bunch of dirty hobos with bad teeth cornering him, wanting to like have him put like his fingers in their mouths and work on them without tools. Like, wouldn't that have been a better ending? I think so. Yeah, that would be like dark and it would still be somewhat funny. Funny, right? Because even, even when he's trying to escape, they like he, they'd be like um he's like I don't have tools and somebody breaks they, they just break a bottle against like the inside of like the train car I'm like now nah, you do and it's like <laughs> so like no matter where he goes he's gonna be stuck putting his hands in people's mouths and it's like you could you know what you could at least done it in a sanitary condition but people want your dental work now like that's the tales from the crypt ending but I at least would have appreciated it right yeah, that would have like, been something at least a little bit more interesting. I don't know where they came to this conclusion. Like yeah. this was like the, this is that we need that ending. I mean, this I don't, I don't know what that says about me where I just want to see a man against his will being forced to put his mouth in like hobos mouths on a train car. But that's for me to unpack. That's not for anybody else to unpack, but um, yeah, not, not good. Um, we've talked about um, the twilight zone trying to do comedy. It, you know, it can, right. I think the twilight zone is big enough to have comedy. But this kind of comedy, this kind of like, um, oh God, like, uh, like you mentioned the bard, uh, what was it, um, uh, was it uh, from Agnes with love? Like, yeah. like just, there, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's these words like, um, you know, um, Mr. Beavis from season two, of the original series makes me Mr. Beavis. Well, that looks like that should have won like the Oscar for the best thing ever compared to this. But, um, like like the whole truth from season two, I think it was from season two is one of the, like the taped episodes with the car that made people tell the truth. Like there's, and that was written by Serling. So people can be like, well, you know, like, like just like, I think there could be comedy in the twilight zone and there could be fun. Like, absolutely. Um, but this isn't it. This is, this does not work for me whatsoever. Um, and it's always funny cause I think we always hit bottom and then somehow it's like, no, 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 shh, just look a little, look a little lower. What's below you. We're going to go oh, tooth and consequences. And I'm like, Terry, have we hit bottom? This has, this has to be bottom, right? I don't know, man. I, I kind of don't, <laughs> I don't want to put it out there to the ether because then, then somehow the cosmos is oh, going to come man. back and be like, but we have such sights to show you. Yeah. You know? Like, like Pinhead's going to show him be like, Hey, you know, Oh, you, <laughs> you want to be tortured? Yeah. I just keep coming. No, I just, it's like, it's our, much, our, our, yeah. Our yeah. suffering will be legendary. Even yeah. In yeah. Like, if it we get anything worse than this. Yeah. I mean, cause like something like if she dies from this season is just, it just, it was just a nothing thing. It just made it just, and also what was it? Um, Oh, we just talked about her. Was it her pilgrim soul? Another one that was just kind of nothing. So I think, and those weren't good segments, but like you can at least see what they're trying to do there. So there at least there's like, um, 
you know, you can understand like the intent and this is just like, Oh no, we're going to write a comedy bit. It's like, Mm-mm-mm. if you go in with the intent of like, well, this is just going to be silly and we're just going to keep making it silly. Um, you have to be like pretty damn good and pretty confident in your, your follow through to make that make sense. This doesn't do it. Um, I'd even argue, um, what was it? Um, I have Newton. I know you didn't really like that one a whole lot. I thought that one was a delight in terms of comedy versus something like this, you know, cause yeah, you, you, I mean, you the, ex- the execution of that one was far superior. Even the one was the, 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 the poker game. One we talked about earlier in the season had bits of that were actually really entertaining, you know, as much as I know you weren't a big fan of that one where they had the devil at the table. Right. Right. Like, um, but at least you had some, like some fun interactions with some of the things that like you had Morgan Freeman, <laughs> like my God, like, you know, like at least there was like legitimate bits of comedy in these things. This, you know, no, no, like, uh, no, there's nothing in here that like, other than him being like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, okay, that like, that's all. And then the, you know, the young lady being like, okay. And like just leaving, that's kind of funny because like, she cares so little about him at the, like, so we get that, but other no, there is, um, yeah, this was, this was a DOA, um, from the start. Like, like, uh, like the elevator as bad as it is. Like it's just, it suffers because there's, there's not much like the ending is so sudden without explanation. This is bad because it's like, it's just, it's just other than the joke at the start of Myron's walking out of his psychiatrist's office and he says, I, you know, like, and his doctor's like, you know, it's okay to be afraid of the dentist. And the twist is that he's the dentist. That that's the, like, that's like the knock, knock joke. I tell you like that three word joke or whatever, like the three sentence joke. You're like, Oh, that's kind of funny. And it's like, yeah, but what if we waste like 10 minutes of your time? Then it stops being funny. Right. No, I, I, I mean, it, it doesn't seem to uh, benefit our, our, us or our listeners to like beat it down anymore. But yeah. there, everything that you said is completely true, completely valid. And maybe there is somebody out there that will validate what we're thinking about, you know, the feelings that we have for this. Yeah, watch this. I mean, like Paul always says, like, Good, bad, watch them. Formulate your own you know, opinion. Not, not to be like, like, hold, like, like, you know, tilt my nose up towards people, but like, you know, earn your stripes. You know, like, yeah. you know, like that's all I'm saying. Like, when people come at you and be like, "I love the Twilight Zone," it's like, do you? Like, you know, like I'm not saying exclude them. Like, please, the more the conversation, the merrier. But it's like, you know, it's it's real easy to push aside the garbage and just look at the good, and it's like, yes. However, the good's going to look spectacular because you've been through the bad, right? Like, so that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, watch this, like, you know, like, cause every so often there's a gym in here, like, um, as, as goofy as it is. And as much as it, like, for me remembering as a kid, like the uncle devil show is just what eight minutes of chaos, but it's like, you know, you wouldn't have known what it was unless you sat down to watch. No one talks about that. Right? Yeah, that right. episode seems like a fever dream. Yeah, like even to try to explain that one through yeah. our conversation, I didn't feel like that did any sort of like right spoiling. Like you, that's a, definitely an episode to watch and take in. Yeah, so I mean that's that's all I'm saying. Like, so um, I'm gonna round this out real quick. So I gotta ask you a question. This is a, a dental related question. Um, have you ever? Did you get your wisdom teeth taken out? I had no, I did not. Well, look at you being a lucky man. Um, <laughs> I, I had, um, I, I had, what was it? Um, the, the top ones are starting to rot out because clearly when you just eat sugar all day, you know, that's what happens. But I ended up, um, when they're like, you know, we could just do like, you know, the top part or it's like, you know, the bottom ones have to go eventually. I'm like, just do it all at once. Right. This was years and years ago. Um, so I, all I, so I remember going to the, to get it done. Um, I sit in the chair and they run the IV with like, cause they're like, they're like, you know, we could do this. Um, we could do this with like, you know, put you under or like keep you awake. I'm like, you better knock me out. Why you rip my teeth out of my head. And they're like, okay, great. And they're like, I want you to count backwards from 100. I remember 97 <laughs> that I was out. Right. Like, and so then the next thing I remember is sitting in this chair, like, and if, if you know, people, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm six one, I'm an overweight dude. Like I'm, I'm, you know, a big guy, like not as in strong, but I'm just a, a tall dude and I'm, you know, I'm fat. Um, I was waking up before they were done and I was half out of it. So I tried like, like getting out of the chair 
as like they're finishing, uh, as they're trying to put the stitch, because this is like, you know, like what, 20 years ago. So they're still putting stitches in, I guess now it's like they, that they, they do a better, like there's, it's easier now. But, um, and like I heard the, I heard the guy doing the surgery. He's like, Whoa there, buddy. They put, he put his forearm on me on my chest and set me back down the chair. <laughs> like, to you know to make sure i stayed in place right so then as i'm you know getting ready to leave i I had my friend at the time like clearly i wasn't gonna be able to drive right but um they're like um they told me they they helped me by my elbow as i was walking they're like we're gonna walk you to the edge of the office and then you know your friend can help you they did not offer me a wheelchair at any point in time as i was Hmm. leaving I get in my friend's car. He had a two-door car with the doors that were as long as God, right? So I try to get in this car. Um, they, my mouth is full of gauze. I'm bleeding. And we have to go get painkiller, like my pres- prescriptions. And I've never been so, like, just don't care about life while waiting for prescriptions. And I remember I went to go close his door, and it didn't close all the way. And I'm just like, eh. And I just walked away from the car because I just didn't care. Um, I get my prescriptions. I go home. And um, um, I don't know about you, Terry. I don't, I can't have cotton in my mouth. Like, I just want to throw up. Like, I have a really bad gag reflex. I told, um, I asked the doctors what to do. They're like, just, just use bread. So I was, I, so like, this is something like out of like a murder show. Every so often I just put like pieces of bread and where like, you know, the stitches were and everything. And then I would just kind of hobble my way, like not hobble, but like, like, cause my, like, you know, you're, you're kind of in pain and kind of drugged out. I just go to like the bathroom and just rip out like bloody pieces of bread and just throw it in the toilet and flush it. Like, I, like, you know, it was, it was, it was bad. And I just remember like, lying on my bed and like I had like three roommates at the time one of them had a cat then the cat was kind of indifferent to everybody and it just sat beside me the entire time and I was just like I love you cat like, you know? <laughs> wait and see if we could have some of that blood bread yeah right it was just like oh I see bread bread yeah right I know just yeah so what was um recently uh my wife had to have uh some of her wisdom teeth removed and um, I was like, you know, was, I'll go get some bread just in case. She's like, nah, we don't need that. I'm like, but you don't know. Like, it was like <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, wisdom teeth, right? Like that was, uh, that was a hell of a thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with like any dental surgery, dear Lord, that was a trip. No. And I've, I've, I'm, I'm saying prayers to whatever gods that I have to that I don't have any real dental problems because it's like an, it's a, it's a phobia for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've also one time had a root canal while I was awake for, and I heard the drill and it smelled the, the bone burning and yeah. the drill. It's like, yeah, that's good. Everything's fine. <laughs> so the moral of the story, everybody is floss, which, you know, also don't just chew ice cubes because that will wreck your teeth. Evidently I found out the hard way. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah, somebody. Yeah, somebody should have definitely told you. <laughs> oh no, I, I was aware. I'm like, not me. I'm, 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 a, I'm made of. I'm bulletproof. I'm American. Nothing. Oh, my teeth hurt. You know. Anyway, so yeah, everybody. There you go. That's the story of me um, getting my wisdom teeth pulled out. Just try to give you a little extra here on this tooth. And, I suffered some tooth and consequences with what happened. So hashtag blood bread. I don't know what that means. So um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. yeah, but, but yeah, so that's our, that's <laughs> this, this episode. That's it. So, you know, we'll be coming back with uh, a different story. Uh, yeah. Hopefully that one will have a, you know, a, a better, uh, a better impact on us. I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> so I also want to point out too, this was another one, just like the, like not the bard, um, uh, uh, act break where it ended with a stinger of a music that was like playing off the twilight zone theme. It made me mad. It made me so mad at the end of this, you know, so, all right. Uh, we ready to rate that twist and get out of here. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. Uh, twist rating is always one through five, one meaning, uh, we saw it coming from a mile away. Five mean mind blowing a segment called tooth and consequences being a comedy segment. I'm going to give that a one. I knew, I knew from the jump, I was not going to like it. I'm going to get over the one as well. I, I, I mean, I there's no twist. Kinda, there's no twist other than him being like a hobo with the, the tooth fairy stuff, which if that's the twist, I just, it's careful what you wish for. We've, we've seen that multiple times in the show and handled in a lot of better ways. Yeah. I, if there's any twist is that we now know that you can use a dentist mirror to eat beans. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or your fingers or just tilt the can up or whatever. It's fine. You know? So, um, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's go do it for the discussion. Let's just get into, um, 
like how well, I was going to talk about what we're talking about next, but okay. So you guys can find us on uh, Facebook at Strange Highways. Um, I, Terry, I think you'll appreciate this, and people will figure this out after the episode post. I took zero screen grabs of this episode because I was so mad at it. Um, I'm <laughs> well, debating. Deserve it. I'm I'm debating about putting like uh, dental tips up for the week, like just different, like you know, make sure you floss, make sure fluoride, or just cute animal photos. Um, I don't know which uh, something in lieu of any images from this episode. I was that annoyed with it. Um, so uh, I'll figure it out, but hopefully you guys will appreciate that. And then also share your own dental tips and or animal photos. Like, you know, let's just, let's just make it a thing. Let's, let's have some positivity coming out of this. Right. So that's on uh, Facebook. Um, you can email us directly at, um, strange highways, podcast, gmail.com, wherever you find your podcast rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. And also just share it. Like I know rating and reviewing is tough, but also just sharing that you like the show and let other people know about it. Like just, you know, if you share the Facebook post or the Podbean posting, cause then that's where we go through Podbean, um, that will help infinitely. Right. So the more the merrier and uh, Terry, where can people find us otherwise? We are on Instagram folks. So if, uh, you know, you're not really feeling the Facebook these days, uh, maybe go check us out over there and then, you know, you can, see some of the fun stuff we're posting there. And then again, like, you know, sh maybe share that information, share those, uh, share those pictures with other people, get the conversation going a little bit more. I mean, y like you said, Paul, like th they have a DVD version of this, like a, you know, physical copy of it, but they don't show, you can't find this anywhere on streaming. So it's like, you know, get the conversation going, maybe get people more interested in, uh, a show that's uh, almost 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm going to throw this out here too, because um, we're going to talk about what we're getting into next here. One second. And now Mr. Serling. So the next segment we're going to get into is season one, episode 17, segment A called welcome to Winfield. Um, but we're taking a week off um, because I asked Terry to like to take a week off because I have things going on. Um, you know, we're going to have some fun over this week and coming up. Uh, but it, it takes a little bit of prep <laughs> to have some fun in the, the in the real world, in the IRL, as, as the kids say. So we're taking a week off. We're going to come back for Welcome to Winfield. I'd also challenge everybody because we've been, you know, trucking through uh, this, this season of the 80s series pretty well. Um, if there is any of the episodes from seasons one through three of the original series that you would like us to revisit, put it in the comments, you know, like... It's been a while. It'd be nice to get back to some original Twilight Zone. So maybe there's something there. Because I know we covered the Invaders. Uh, we did revisit that. Um, if there's something else for us to go revisit, maybe there's maybe there's some perspective on an episode that um, I you know that we need to reconsider. Let us know because it would be always nice to dip back in and get some of that um, you know some of that good good. I don't know what that means, but yeah, that's just a thought. Yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. Uh, uh, I'm always looking forward to hearing people's opinions about uh, some of the episodes that we've co covered and maybe they want to hear a different perspective and, you know, hear us revisit those episodes from uh, seasons one through three. I mean, there's obviously some really, really important episodes when you look and think of the Twilight Zone as a whole. So yeah, I, would th I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah. So like, let us know. It'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, in the meantime, um, everybody have a good week. Have a good uh, like a week off. Um, uh, you know, um, I guess brush your teeth. I don't know. Um, like, like I mean, don't eat beans with dental implements. I don't know. And also like, um, like uh, hashtag uh, blood bread. That's what I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, please write better episodes. <laughs> Please, not more humiliation. <laughs> <laughs>